Good morning. Today's daf and Babakama is the noon. We're behind a little bit. We're on Mem Tessa We are going to be starting today with Haisa Shecha Venishtachura. You're going to go to Mem Tessa You're going to go towards the bottom of the Amud. You're going to see the two dots over there. It's about eight, nine lines from the bottom of the Amud. And uh, the topic uh, which we are going to be finishing up from yesterday's daf is the Mevlados. Mission, the mission uh, no, uh, uh, two, two dots, two dots. So the um, so uh, we're going uh, to be starting with the Mevlados. Uh, the Mevlados is a payment that's going to be uh, incurred in the event that uh, a woman gets assaulted. She's pregnant. She miscarries. Miscarries as a result of the assault. So the uh, so that the, the uh, so the 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 regular Nezik payments are due. In other words, it's assault. It's regular. You have, you pay for the regular Nezik payments. In addition to that, the Torah's Mechadesh. Uh, that there's also a new uh, the new line item is called Deme Vlados. And Deme Vlados, so uh, what exactly is that? Go back to yesterday's daf. Yesterday uh, we discussed, we litigated. Uh, the Tanaim argue about it in the Mishnah in terms of how exactly, how precisely to assess Deme Vlados. And even the Gemara uh, gets involved in trying to wrap its head around what this assessment actually is. Okay, so go back to yesterday's daf. See yesterday's daf for, you know, a, a little more clarity. Just a little bit more in terms of what it is. But meanwhile, it is an assessment and the Mevlas goes to the husband. Now, although I said the husband, the truth of the matter is it doesn't have to be the husband. In other words, whoever is the father of the child, right, the, the, the Mevlas is, is going to go towards the father, right? That's his chus that the father has in, uh, in, in, in this particular, in this particular tashlam, uh, that he's going to get the, uh, the father, father of this child is going to get the Mevlas. Good. That's what we learned yesterday, and so let's pick it up now. Uh, so we have a little bit more to, to cover in terms of the Vlados. We're going to be talking about okay, and and then uh, when we get to the new Mishnah on Mem Tesamid Basis, which which is really where we should be starting today, but I fell behind. So uh, when we get to the Mishnah, so we're going to go back to the topic of Bor, and really today's Daf Nun in Babakama. So it really is a day dedicated to a an understanding of the Nezik of Bor. Which goes takes us all the way back to the beginning of the Masechta, where we where we opened up with there are four four and Zikin, and one of them is Bor. And uh, although we have covered Bor, you know, a little bit here and there throughout the Masechta, you know, the first fifty blot of the Masechta, but today's daf really is the sugya. But meanwhile, let's catch up. Haisa shivcha v'nishtach rogiyos pater. So uh, the uh, the Mishnah told us that if she's a shivcha and she was uh, and she was um, and she was set free, which means that now she's a full-fledged Jewish woman. Uh, the uh, and 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 and, but more importantly, as as we as we point out in the Mishnah, and we we quoted Rashi in the Mishnah. More importantly, more significantly, the father is a is a meshuchra or gergiaris, right? Rashi back in the Mishnah told us that you know usually in terms of shiduchim, so people marry their their type. That's that's what normally happens. So when we say gergiaris, we really mean that the father's a ger. So the uh, so now. Uh, when uh, and and what happens is that the gear died, and now the gear died, and he doesn't have he doesn't have mishpacha. He has there, there's no one who's going to inherit, and so now what happens to that the mevlada's payment? It's hefker. Who happens to be holding it right now? The mazik. So the mazik gets to keep it. Okay. Are we already commented in the mishnah? Not, not not doesn't seem so fair. It doesn't matter. Meaning, in other words, all you do is just basically follow the basic rules of mamanus. In other words, here you have a. Here you have a a payment that's due, but it's due to the father, not her, and the father's a gear, which means that he doesn't have mishpacha, and he dies. So now it's hefker. It's that simple. And and call and, and call a kodem zacha. So if 
Correct, correct, correct. So, Amar Rabba lo shanu ela shechava babachaya ger. So, umesagir. The kevin de chava babachaya ger, zachabu agir. The kevin de mesagir, zachabu minagir. Okay, so Rabba now is going to qualify the Mishnah. <coughs> Excuse me. And the qualification of the Mishnah basically goes like this. That the Mishnah told us that the Masi gets to keep the money, yeah. In other words, that's when the Chaval occurred while the Ger was alive. And then, so therefore, the Ger Zoha. But then the Ger dies. So now, again, it's Hefker. Uh, everything I just said, meaning, uh, and, and now because it's Hefker, so Kola Kodem Zebahem Zachabahem, and the Mazik was the one, obviously, who's, got, who's holding the money, he's Zoha. Avachava, Balacha, Mises Ager. So Zachila I Begavayu, Umechayev Lushomilalidida. So, but Rabbis Mechar is the following. Let's say at the time of Chavala, father was not alive. Okay? In other words, they, they, and over here it could be it, it could be anybody who's a father. But in other words, but, but let's talk about a gear because he has no mishpacha. So now Rabbi's mechadesh that if let's say the Chavala occurs and at the time of Chavala, so the gear husband was no longer alive, uh, well, he already died. So under those circumstances, she's going to get the money. Rabbi's mechadesh that there is a case where the mevladus goes to her. So Amr Chista Maridichi. So out of Vlad Tsarininu. So the um so uh w- w- what? In other words, you, you think the May Vlados is Tsari. Tsari is a bag of money. In other words, you think that this is a real asset. And what's gonna happen over here is that it's gonna go from from the husband to the wife. In other words, Zahibahu. So uh Ella Islabal Zahle Rahmana and Laisalabalo. And so Rav Chista fundamentally disagrees, meaning you, this is Rav Chista talking to Rabbah, you don't understand Demei Vlados. Demei Vlados is not an, an asset. It's not an account receivable. It doesn't just simply shift over from, from the husband to, to, to the wife. In other words, what Demei Vlados is, is a schus for the husband, period. Either there's no husband, there's no Demei Vlados. It's really that simple. Meisve, the Gemara now is going to challenge Hikas Isha, Yasuleida, no saying, Nezek, uh, Tsar, Leisha. So, a, a woman gets hit, she gets assaulted, she gets damaged. So, and, and, and she also miscarries as well. So, as far as Nezek and Tsar is concerned, that goes to the Isha. So, Demei Vladis Labal. Okay. I, I, know, I know I've been saying this again and again, but here the Brysa really spells it out. This idea that all the regular Tashlame Nezek, that goes to her, obviously. In other words, she is the one who was injured, she's the one who's going to get compensated for that injury. Again, the May Vlados is a brand new line item. We already emphasized this yesterday. So, and the May Vlados is going to go to the ball. So, ain't about no saying the Yarshav. Now, let's say there's no ball. Let's assume. Let's, when the Gemara says in Nezik, it includes everything. I know your point is very good, by the way, because it says Nezik and it says Sar. Okay, your point is excellent. But we're just going to assume it's everything. So, the. Um, um, now, if let's say she has a, uh, let's say she uh, she had a husband, so fine, so he's going to get the Demei Vlados. Ein habal no sin liyoshav. Now, if let's say the husband dies, so it goes to his yoshim. Ein aisha no sin liyoshav. Now, if the woman died, in other words, af- obviously after the chavala, but not as a result of the chavala, obviously. So then, as far as her nezik payments are concerned, they're going to go to her yoshim. That's her collectible. Therefore, it's going to go to her Yershim. Let's say, and again, so Zacha. Uh, so the Mazik is going to be Zacha, meaning the same point that we already made back in the Mishnah. Now, Amre. So, 
This now is going to be serving as a kasha on Rava. Rava was mechalik whether the ger died before or after the chavala. So Amre miadifimamusnisin. So so id the bnei yeshiva. So they're looking at this. This is a challenge on Rava, and they say no, it's not. So look, is it, is it any better or worse than the Mishnah? The ukibna kishachavah babechayager umesager. Hachanami kishachavah babechayager umesager. In defense of Rabba, we're talking about a case where the ger was alive at chavala, and then the ger died after chavala. It's that simple. So ibai seima laachemis is a ger. Vitzni zachsa. Okay. Alternatively, what you could say is as follows: Maybe the ger was not alive at the time of chavala, and uh, when the Braisa says Zacha, what the Braisa means is Zachsa. Okay, and, and Toshas over here makes a point, by the way, that we're not editing the Braisa. This is just a reinterpretation of the Braisa. Regardless, in other words, you can touch up the Braisa that the Braisa is talking about, that in the absence of the husband, she's going to be Zacha. Okay, good. All right, Lema tonight. So what we're litigating right over here, Rabban Rav Chista, is there ever going to be a, a situation in which a woman's going to get to Mevlados? Okay. So Rabbi says yes, Rav Chista says never. Okay, so what the Gemara now is going to propose is that this machlokis amaraim really is a machlokis tanaim. Okay, classic maneuver of the Gemara, where in the very top of Mem Tesamun base. So Basi, so a Basi saw married to a ger, he impregnated her, uh, she, 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 uh, she, got, she got injured, and the ger was alive at the time. So no sin to Mevlados Lager. So again, so he's around, so he's going to get the to Mevlados. Lachem, he says Lager. So now, let's say he was not alive. So now, Tanichada, Chayev, Tanichada, Potter. So what, what do we have over here? Machlokas, uh, between uh, Tanayim. Anonymous, un, uh, un, unascribed Tanayim. One says Chayev, the other says Potter. So my love, Tanayinu. So uh, the, um, so Laraba, uh, I'm sorry, Tanayinu. Okay, so good. So the um, so what we are looking at over here, presumably that machlok is between Rabbi and Rav Chista, in which, in the absence of the father, is there a possibility where the woman herself is going to get to Mevlados? So one brayser says yes, well, the other brayser says no. Oh, it's the machlok between Rabbi and Rav Chista, right? So you know what the Gemara is going to do now. The Gemara is going to try to sidestep, maybe not. So the Rabbi So if you're from Rabbi's perspective, yeah. In other words, okay, I Rabbi will tell you that look. Right, I'm, I'm caught. I'm caught, basically painted in a corner. But fine. In other words, I'm of the position that the the woman's going to get the Dame vlados. I have a ton of subscribing to my viewpoint. But But as far as Rav Chista is concerned, he's going to tell you, no, I don't think it's a machlokas tanaim. And lo kasha harabban roshim and So the um, so and and what I'll tell you is is that the chayav putter discrepancy between the two brayzos. That's just simply a reflection of a different machlokas, a machlokas that we went through o- o- earlier. So the, um, in other words, according to the Chachamim, what, what is the, uh, what is the husband going to get? The husband's going to get not only the Mevlados, but it, this takes us back to yesterday's stuff. But the husband's also going to get Shevach Vlados. Okay, in other words, that not only is there a Deme Vlados line item, which is basically the value of the Vlad, but also Shevach. In other words, she appreciated in value. Okay, go back to yesterday's daf. You remember, right? We went over. In other words, her inflated size is actually going to result in greater value. And so as a result of that, there's also Shavach Vlados. Who does that go to? 
So if you remember yesterday's stuff, according to the Chachamim, all that goes to the husband. On the other hand, Rashimim and Gamliel, so the uh, Rashimim and Gamliel disagrees. And that the Shevach, uh, Shevach Vlados, what is that? What happens to the, what, to the Shevach Vlados? So it's going to be, it's going to get split between the two. And so fine. And so, uh, so the Gemara says, okay, so you want to tell me now that the Brisa that says that your Chayv is Aliba the Rav Shimon Gamliel. So then the death of the husband has nothing to do with it. In other words, Rav Shimon Gamliel says that she's always going to split the Shevach Vlados under any and all circumstances. So it's a very difficult way to explain the Brisa. So, uh, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, not Misle Paga. So the Gemara says, no, e, uh, e, you're right, but, but we could still defend this position. In other words, if the husband's alive and we're not talking about the Demei Vlados, we're talking about the Shevach Vlados, it gets, it gets split between him and her. Ah, but let's say that he dies, she gets all of Shevach Vlados. Okay. So that's another way to explain the brisa, and so now the two discrepancies: one, one, one brisa says Pater, the other says Chayev. According to Rav Chista, they both could be subscribing to my viewpoint, which is the Rav Chista viewpoint: the woman never gets to make vlados. To make vlados is strictly a husband payment, no husband and no yorshim, no payment. That's Rav Chista. I we we just navigated through a brisa. Good, we navigated through a brisa. Okay, and, and, and alternatively, we could just touch up the Bryce in the following manner. Again, the Bryce is talking about where injury, miscarriage, uh, and the husband died. And one Bryce says Chayv, and the other one says Pater. Very simple. In other words, what's the Chayv going on? Shevach Vlados. What's the Pater going on? Demei Vlados. N- nice and simple. Okay. The uh, Amre. So, the uh, so the Bnei Yeshiva now are asking the following: According to the sheet of Rav Chista, where a woman never receives Demei vlados, so Shavach vlados. So now uh, the vis a vis the Shavach vlados again. That's the uh, her appreciated value because she's she, because she's pregnant. So the Lishama uh, Demei vlados. So Midrashim and Gamliel Lishama Lerabanan. So the Gemara says, so, uh, can't we, can't we make jumps? In other words, if Sheva Vlados is going to go to her, so that, doesn't that also inform us regarding Demei Vlados? If, according to Shimon Gamliel, uh, where she's going to be getting at least half of Sheva Vlados. So according to the Chachamim, doesn't that speak to also what she would get in the absence of the husband, Amri Lo? And, and, and to that, they said simply, no. And Rav Chista's response would be very simple. The, uh, or whatever, it's, it's more technically, it's the Bnei Yeshiva talking, but regardless, in, in defense of Rav Chista, in service to Rav Chista, we're basically going to say the following. When it comes to Shevach Vlad, again, her appreciated value because she's pregnant, so already she's starting with half. So when the husband dies, so now she's going to be awarded all of it. But she already has a hand in it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the Demei Vlados, how much does she have? Zero. So in the, hus- in the event the husband dies, how much does she get? Zero. Good. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, Mahu. Okay. So uh, we talked a little bit about Geras. We talked about uh, what happens when the Ger dies. So he has no Yorshim. So the Gemara is now going to go a little bit off script for just a couple of moments uh, before we get to the next Mishnah. Questions regarding Zichia of a Ger. Again, not really related to our discussion. In other words, we are pretty much finished with the Sugya of the Mevlados, but just a couple, a couple of loose ends, so to say. So Ger dies, and um, the uh, and uh, what a person does is the the, uh, the the Ger left uh, assets, and he also left uh, documents, uh, notes, account receivables, and what you do, you were machzik. So mahu man de daita de ara hu de achzik. So the um, so in other words, when he takes a note, so again, what what happens with every single note? Every single note, obviously, is an account receivable. It's a collectible. And there's also a shibun. In other words, what that note also reflects is, is that in the event of default, so then what you get to do is that you get to you get to take a property. And so when a person is zocha on that paper, so does he also receive the property as well? So, so the... Um, the but in other words, but because he didn't do a Kenyan on the property, only on the paper, so maybe he gets nothing. That's one possibility. Um, in other words, or maybe when the person was machzik, he also had in mind the shtar, and which affords him now not only the rights to the shtar, but to the property as well. So, so uh, this is now um, Rav Nachman saying back to Rav Yeba Saba, so uh, respond, please. In other words, when you take the paper, are you really thinking about the actual piece of paper itself or what it represents? In other words, what are you going to do with the paper? You're going to put it on top of your jar. In other words, it's basically going to, you're going to take that piece of paper as like a seal. So And his response is, sure, sure. In other words, and, and I don't think in the response he literally means yes. The paper is going to be used as a great, as, as a great, as a great, as a great wine, uh, 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 wine stopper, uh, right? A bottle sealer. In other words, it's, it's, it just means that when you're zoche on the paper, not only are you interested in what the paper represents, you're interested in the actual paper itself. Okay. Okay. So, uh, a couple more of these. Uh, what happens when the gear dies, and and he was holding on. Over here, the Gemara now is going to, to entertain the idea of mashkon. In other words, what is what is he holding on to? A mashkon. Which means that what happened is that a Jew borrowed money from the Ger. I mean, the Ger is also a Jew. I'm just using the word Ger so right. I could be clear. So the uh, so the Jew borrowed money from the Ger. And the Ger said, okay. In other words, but do me a favor. Give me a mashkon. So now the Ger is holding the mashkon and the Ger dies. So mashkon is and so now somebody comes along after the death of the ger, takes the mashkon. So motzino somiado. So we say to him, look, that's not his. It therefore is not yours. So my time it came to misleger pakaleshibude. In other words, and this takes us to a lumdish discussion, extraordinarily lumdish discussion in terms of what can you have on a mashkon, right? There are numerous gemaras that say that when you have a mashkon, you acquire the mashkon, meaning. The mashkin you're holding as security for the loan. But at the time while you're holding it, there's a kenya that you have in it. So what we're really doing is we're kind of testing the limits of how much do you really own the mashkon. 
And so what we're learning together right now is there is limitations in ownership of a mashkon. And this is a great example of limitation. Why? Because when the gear dies, what's now going to happen is, is that you could have made the argument, well, he was holding the mashkon in lieu of the payment that he, in, in, in lieu of the debt that he's going to collect in the future. And he acquired the mashkon. So when he dies now, so basically the mashkon is hefker, right? No. The mashkon is not hefker. Because really, as much as he's kona the mashkon, the mashkon only really represents security against the, against the obligation. And so now that he died, and so now at that point in time, the debt is gone. Once the debt is gone, the mashkon goes back to the original owner. Somebody else wants to come along and take the mashkon? No. In other words, it's, 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 not, it's not the gears. So there are limits. When we say that a malva is kona the mashkon, we say that with lim- limitations. That was just a good reflection of that. Mashkon shogir biyad Yisrael o mesager uvay yisrael echer ve'echzik bo so zekana kenegim ma'osav zekana esashar. Okay. So let's now, let's now take the exact same case, but let's flip it. Let's now have a yisrael lending money to a ger. The ger says, "Okay, but I, and I'm sorry." The yisrael says, "Okay, but give me give me a mashkon to hold on to." And the ger does exactly that. So now the Yisrael is holding the mashkon of a ger. Okay. And now the ger dies. So now, did the, did the Yisrael cone of the mashkon? Yes. Up to, uh, uh, up to the value of the loan. Right? LTV, loan to value. So up to the value of the loan. So that, so he was able to, uh, he was able to be cone of the mashkon. And what about, what about anything above? Let's say the mashkon exceeded the loan. So on any excess, so that is hefker, and if the if the if the owner makes it makes a kinyan, obviously acquires it. But if somebody else makes a kinyan on it, he acquires it. So connected myself is there. Kanasoshar v'amai. So tiknele chatero. So the gemara says, now that's really strange. Meaning somebody else makes a kinyan, and he gets to he gets to acquire anything above the 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 loan to value. So the gemara says, but but where was the mashkan at the time? Mashkan was in the chatzer of the lender. So at that point in time, don't we say game over? Like, in other words, it, it belongs to the Malva, right? So uh, we, we, we did this back in Gittin. Your chatzer acquires for you, and you don't need formal das in order for your chatzer to be, to, to be acquiring for you. So, so the Gemara says, yeah, your chatzah is going to be kone for you, but that's only when you are around, available. In other words, your chatzah is kone for you even without your das, but you must be proximate. Now I say proximate, by the way, I don't fully know what I mean by that. How much around do you have to be? You have to be on the chatzah itself. I, I I tend to think no, but in other words, but you have to be local. I'll just I'll leave it like that without fully knowing what the definitions and parameters are. You have to be local for your chutzpah to be coded for you. You have to be local, and so over here the ukimta of this particular scenario would be is that the owner is not local; he's out of town. So now for that individual, the chutzpah is not going to be kona. So again, the part of the mashko that represents his loan, so that part of the mashko is his automatically. When the gear dies, anything above that, so that no longer is, that, that's not default de facto his, 
and someone else makes a Kenyan on it before he does, so the person now is going to be able to be Kona anything above loan to value. Right, 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 correct, correct. Don't we have some Balabir with a woman, with Yichud and Balabir, not with the similar thing? Could be, it could be similar. But the basic idea is that your Chatzar is only going to be activated when you're around. And the Gemara says, and in fact, the Halacha. In other words, the um, okay that the uh, that you that you're only going to be counted up to up to the uh, up to, up to the loan. Anything above that, you're not around. Your chutzpah was not activated. You weren't counted the extra. Okay, Adkan. That takes us to the end. Okay, not bad. Okay, uh, the uh, we are on the bottom of Memtesamid Beis, and here we begin now today's daf. Okay, twenty five minutes in, but well, but that's good. Okay, and, and, and over here now, we're going to be doing a, a an analysis on board. Okay, uh, what, what do we know already? So again, we, we you know where we're going to start. Parshas Mishpatim, that's where we always start. And Perak uh, Chafalaf, all your Nizakim are Perakim of Chafalaf and Chavbeis. And over here, we're at the very end of Perak Chafalaf, we're in Pesukim Lamed Gimel Lamed Dalid. So just a moment to see the Pesukim inside. We're going to be citing the Pesukim a lot. A person opens a pit or a person digs a pit. And he didn't cover it. And somebody's animal fell into the pit. The Torah gives two different examples. Shor or chamor. So So now you're liable. You, the digger of the pit, and you're going to pay. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to give him back kesef. The mace yellow. Now, as far as the mace, so that's going to be yours. Okay, good. So what we have over here is the basic chiva Torah for that of bor. It's one of the dal avos nezikin. It's one of the four main categories of nezik that we were introduced to in the beginning of the mesechta. And so all we're going to do, it's not going to be an easy task, is try to unravel the mystery of where exactly this bor is. Bor's on your property. Bor's in a rishus arabim. Now already we uh, we touched on this topic a, a couple of times, but this Mishnah right over here and today's daf is really going to be the main sugya of where is the board going to be located. Now, if you go back just a couple of days ago, so you'll remember that if I have a board in my property, and it's my property, and somebody trespasses and, and lands in my board on my property, so the argument over there is really simple. I'm not going to be liable. Again, I'm just going over halacha. In other words, I'm not, everyone knows the disclaimer already. This is not the law here in America. Right? I spoke I spoke with Alan uh, a, l- a little bit about this. But okay, we're, right now we're, we're just talking, we're talking halacha. We're talking Torah. So if somebody comes into my property and, and falls into a pit of my property, so I'm not going to be chayev. In other words, you you, you, you weren't invited on my, onto my property and I didn't, I, I didn't extend any coverage for you when you're on my property. You trespassed on my property, you fell into my pit. Damage occurred. Your animal falls into my pit. Damage occurs, or if an animal falls into pit and it dies, no, it's a, not my liability. Not my liability. Good. So already we know before even before with the we start with the Mishnah that if the boar is strictly on my property, the boar is on my property, the entrance to the boar is on my property. So there really is nothing to talk about. Oh, okay. Unless you're ah, right. Correct. <laughs> Phil points out. 
If I invite, if I invite him to come in, and I told him that I'm going to be covering him from, uh, you know, protecting him from any kind of, of any kind of damage. Okay, then 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 things change. Good. So, but but at the same time, however, just a little more setup before we start with the Mishnah. At the same time, however, so where's the pit in the Rishus Arabim? Meaning that's not my property. So uh, so I'm going to be chayav for a pit in the Rishus Arabim. Now everyone at this point in Baba Kama should know the answer is going to be yes, <laughs> yes. In other words, even though, despite the fact that it's not my property, but in other words, if I created a hazard in the Rishus Arabim and someone got damaged on the hazard that I created, even though I don't own that property, nevertheless I'm going to be chayav. But as we just went through the psukim inside, what what are the psukim describing? Meaning, what exact? Where exactly is this pit? Torah doesn't say. Okay. Okay. Now, now, now we can start. You you know that because the Gemara said that, right? right. In other words, but in the psukim <laughs> themselves, there is no indication. No. G- good. Yeah. Okay. So. So, if you're digging a bore, where the bore itself is in Rishos Yachid, and the entrance is into the Rishos Rabbim. If you want, by the way, this is just a little bit hard to imagine, but in other words, but right, in other words, the, the, the bore is cutting at a, at a diagonal. Okay, so it's at an angle. So in other words, so it's not a straight line going down, but it, it, it cuts on, on, on an angle. Either way. So it doesn't matter whether the entrance, the entrance is in the Rishos Rabbim, or the actual board itself is in the Rishos Rabbim, and the entrance is in the Rishos Yachid. Okay. And 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 here's the important point, which is is that and 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 the surrounding area around the bore that you dug, you are mafkir that surrounding area, and and you have to say that because again, go back to what we said at the intro to the Mishnah. If the bore is in your property, you're not going to be liable. So over here, as much as the Mishnah said that the entrance was in the Rishos Harabim, would it also, uh, right, the, uh, sorry, the entrance was in the Rishos Yachid, thank you. So, but but what you have to say is that what you were mafkir, the surrounding area, you have to say that. So the, uh, so the Rishos Yachid, Rishos Yachid, Acher, so in any one of the uh, of those cases, you are going to be Chayev. So the Mishnah tells us that as long as there was public access to the boar, alternatively, the boar itself was in the Rishos Arabim, and, and they had access to it, any one of those circumstances, the Mishnah says you're going to be chayv. So the Mishnah gives us a very unqualified view of as long as public had access to the boar that you dug, you're going to be chayv. Okay, Tan Rabbanan. Now, I was going to say, well, let's, well, let's wait just a moment, because we're, we're, it's a, we don't have enough information to really give good analysis. We need more. Which is coming. Skip parentheses. So Chayav. So here in the Brisa, you're digging the pit in the Rishos The entrance is in the Rishos You're going to be Chayav. V'zehu bor ha'amor b'Torah. And that's the bor that the Torah is describing. Div Rabbi Shmuel. That she does Rabbi Shmuel. And Rabbi Kiva Omer. Hifker Rishuso v'lo hifker boro. Where? You were mafke rishus, in other words, the surrounding area around the pit, but you weren't mafke the boar, the boar still yours. Zehu boar, ha'amar b'torah. This is the boar that's described in the Torah. Okay, so what we have now is a b'risa with a clear machlokis. I, I, I'm going to take back that word clear. Where we have a machlokis between Rabbi, Ki, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel. 
where each one of them is staking their claim of what is the Torah describing? What is the boar that the Torah is describing? According to Rabbi Yishmael, so the, um, the, the boar was dug in your Rishus, but the entrance is in the Rishus Arabim. According to Rabbi Akiva, no, the pit was in your Rishus. The, um, and, uh, the, um, and, and what you did is you were a mafka, the surrounding area, but not the pit itself. That's the pit that the Torah is describing. Good. So they have a machlokas. Now, all we need to do is understand it. <laughs> okay, that, that, that part's going to be harder. And not only is it going to be harder, it's going to be a machlokas. Meaning, over the course of today's daf, we are going to see together a machlokas between Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, exactly what is the machlokas between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel. And then what we'll do is we'll go back to our Mishnah. So, according to Rabbi, it goes like this. If the Bor's Bereshus Rabim, so there is no disagreement between Rabbi Kivan and Rabbi Shmuel. They both would agree that if you make a Bor in Bereshus Rabim, you're going to be Chayev. My taima, Amakra, Bechiyiftach, Chiyichra. Torah says that you either opened or you dug. Now, Now, if all you did was just open a pit, which already existed, but it had a cover, and all you did was remove the cover, and you're going to be chayev. So wouldn't it stand to argue that if you dug the pit, you're going to be chayev? Which obviously means that you did a lot more. So why would the Torah have to go over both scenarios? So, So the so what the Torah is telling you is, is that the hischayevus of bor is for the action, not necessarily the ownership. Meaning as long as you did something to create a bor, even though you're not the Baal Habor, you're going to be Chayev. So now, and, and that's, that's the different Hakol, according to Rabbi, that's according to everybody. So if your Bor existed in the Rishos Rabbim that you created, now creation could either be where there was a cover and you removed the cover or you dug. But as long as you created the Bor, you're going to be Chayev. Period. Uh, that's for Rishos Rabbim. Lo nechlechu ela bebor Okay. Now, but what if the Bor is in your Rishos? Now again, just to be clear, when we say Bor Bershuso, it means that it's Bor Bershuso, but the public had access to it. If it's Bor Bershuso and the public did not have access to it, it took me a while to wrap my head around this. I was, you know, definitely confused, uh, now less so. If, if it's a Bor Bershuso and, and the public does not have access to it, you're putter. In other words, you're not, there's no iskaifus. Over here, we're talking about Bor Bershuso and uh, the public some, uh, has a way of accessing it. You're a mafka, some surrounding area. So, and Rabbi Kiva will tell you, also you're going to be mechayev. Why? Because the Torah says, the owner of the boar. If it's a Rishos Rabbim, you can't be the owner of the boar, right? So, according to Rabbi Kiva, therefore, the Baal Habor is describing a boar that you actually own, meaning it's in your property. Again, with the public having access to it. So uh, So that's according to Rabbi Kiva. So it comes down now that according to Rabbah, and over here, if you have it all charted out, it's nice. It'll be nice and easy. Admittedly, right now, I'm obviously I'm, this is a audio presentation. I'm not charting it out, but according to Rabbah, according to Rabbi Kiva, so you're chayv both b'rishus Rabbim and b'rishus Yachid as well. And the uh, Rabbi Shmuel savar Takala. and Rabbi Shmuel will say no. In other words, if the boar is in your rishus, even though the public has access to it. Nevertheless, that's not the tor- that's not the board that you're going to be mechayev for. In other words, the um, 
the uh, the 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 Torah is only going to be mechayiv you for bor b'rishus of rabbim, not bor b'rishus Okay, elamai zeu bor amor b'torah de kamer rabbi kiva. So now we have a textual problem because in the Mishnah, what did? What, no, I'm sorry, not the Mishnah. In the Brisa that we just opened up with uh, moments earlier. So in the Brisa, Rabbi Kiva said that's the bor that the Torah is describing. It's a funny language for Rabbi Kiva to say, especially according to Rabbah, Rabbi Kiva's mechayev both b'rishus harabim and b'rishus yachid. So what is Rabbi Kiva saying? Zehu bor elamai zehu bor amor b'torah dekamer Rabbi Kiva zehu bor shapasak bo kasev tchila tashlamim. Well, what Rabbi Kiva is telling you is that that's the bore that the Torah opens up with. Meaning, Rabbi Kiva is just telling you how to read the Pesukim in the Torah. Meaning, when the, the Torah opens up with bore, it's talking about the bore of Rishus Arabim. Aye, but in addition to that, there's another bore, which is bore Rishus, the bore in your in, in, in your property, in which you're going to be high for. Okay. Rabbi Akiva. I'm sorry. Thank you. Rabbi Yosef Amar. So good. So now... Uh, we, we we have it we have it straight according to Rabbah. So Rabbi Kiva's mechai both bor b'rishos harabim and bor b'rishos yachid. And again, just to just to reiterate and to clarify, bor b'rishos yachid means is that the the you are owning the property in which the pit is on the surrounding area. The the public have access to it. Okay, you're mafka the surrounding area. So, but according to Rabbi Kiva, you're chayv on both. According to Rabbi Shmuel, you're only chayv on bor b'rishos harabim, not bor b'rishos yachid. Okay, that's Rabbah. Okay, now that you have all that straight, so now what you have to do is you're going to have to make room for another opinion. Okay. Right, that's a lot. I know, I know. So, Rav Yosef, Amar Bor, B'rishos Yachid, Kolam Alo, Pligi, Demechayev. So, Rav Yosef will tell you now that if the Bor is B'rishos Yachid, L'Kulei Ama, Sai L'Rebbe Yishmael, Sai L'Rebbe Akiva, you're going to be Chayev. Maitama Balabor, Amar Chmana. Babor Diyasle Balam Askinan. Because that's the Baal Habor. In other words, the owner of the boar. The owner of the boar means it's on my property. So, so the machlokas between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva is Bor Brishos Arabim. Rabbi Shmuel, so for Bor Brishos Arabim, Nami Chayev, according to Rabbi Shmuel, Bor Brishos Arabim, you're also going to be Chayev. Dechsev ki yiftach vechi yirchem la psicha chayev al kriya lo koshikain. Ela al iske psicha val iske kriya barlo. Same point we made above. But again, this is a, a lib of the Rabbi Yosef. Which means that for the action of creating the boar, you're going to be chayv. That's according to Rabbi Shmuel. And what Rabbi Kiva will tell you, Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Kiva will tell you, no, no. In other words, as far as kriya and psicha, that was there for a different purpose altogether. Notably, they aren't necessary. If the Torah only would have written kiyiftach, so, uh, so I would tell you that, look, if you, if, if, if the bore already existed and it had a cover and I uncovered it, so then how can I undo it? By covering it. But I would have argued, I could have argued that if I dug the pit, what's the only way to undo it? Fill it up. That's what I could have argued. That's why the Torah has to give me also the expression of kiyichra. And if the Torah only gave me the example of digging a pit, I would have made the following argument. Yeah, you know, if you dig a pit, you know what you have to do? Either either fill it or cover it. But if all I did was uncover a pit, was that so bad? I, I, I know the answer is yes. I, I know that. But relatively speaking, is that so bad? The pit already existed over there. 
So all I did is just remove the manhole. If the Torah had not given me that example, I could have argued, well, I didn't, I didn't create the pit. I just, I just took off, I just took off the manhole. It's not that bad. So that's why the Torah has to say, ki yiftach. Okay. So now, same question for Rav Yosef, but now shift over to Rabbi Shmal. Because according to Rabbi Shmal, you're chayev both for Rishus Yachidbor and Rishus Rabinbor. So now in the Brisa, when Rabbi Shmal says, this is the pit. What do you mean, this is the pit? You're always going to be chayev. So the Gemara says, So in defense of Rabbi Shmal, what we would say is that when Rabbi Shmal said, Zehu, he was talking about the Bor Bershah meaning that's the one that the Torah was describing first and foremost. And then the Bor Bershah also. But in other words, but just in terms of reading Pesukim, the Torah was more focused on Bor Bershah Okay. So what do you have right now? A very basic machlok is between Rabban and Rav Yosef in terms of what exactly are the parameters of the machlokis between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmal. According to Rabba, the Kuli Ama Bor Bershus HaRabim, you're going to be Chayev. And according to Rav Yosef, Kuli Ama Bor Bershus HaYachid, you're going to be Chayev. Okay. And, and granted, by the way, that's a, that's a lot. I have to admit. That's just a lot to keep, to, to hold. Mesve. We're going to be challenging. So, Mesve. Echo for Bor Bershus HaRabim, Apostol Bershus Yachid, Pater. Afa Pishin Rishalasos Kain. Lefishin Osin Chalal Tachas Rishus HaRabim. Now, if the if you dig a pit in the Rishos Rabim and the entrance is in a Rishos Yachid, so putter. In other words, the only way to access it is through your property. So the uh, so then the owner of the pit is going to be putter. Now, really, you shouldn't be doing it. Meaning, because basically what you're doing is, is that you're digging under the Rishos Rabim. So, uh, so you shouldn't be doing it, but from a liability standpoint, you're going to be putter. However, if you're digging uh, reservoirs, right? In other words, uh, pits to collect rain, but the entrance is now in the Rishos Rabbim, you're going to be Chayev. The Boros Rishos Yachlu Smuchle Rishos Rabbim can go in Elo. Now, if you're digging, but you're digging for foundational purposes, meaning you're building a house, your house is right up against the Rishos Rabbim. And now what you want to do is you want to make a strong foundation. So you want to dig. It happens to be that in order to dig to make foundations, so you have to be digging in the Rishos Rabin. That's not only allowed, but more than that. In other words, you're going to be totally exempt from any liability, even though you dug a hole in the Rishos Rabin. Meaning that the, basically what the Chachamim said is, <coughs> we're going to give a special allowance. In other words, we want people's houses to be, to be strong and secure, People are going to have to dig in order to make a strong foundation. I, people are going to have to dig in a Rishos Rabim. The Chachamim said, we're allowing it. Not only allowing it, exempting from any kind of liability. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, Mechaev, Achiyasa, Mechitza, Sara, O, Achiyarchik, Mimakam, Jesus, Ragli, Adam, Mimakam, Jesus, Ragli, Behema, Arbat, Fachim. Now, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and he says, look, obviously making a strong house with a strong foundation is good, but you are not allowed to dig actual Rishos Rabim area <laughs> in order to create that foundation. Either you're going to make a fence in order to protect the public, or you're going to recess interior into your property so that people in the Rishos Rabbim are not going to get injured. Okay. So, time of the Ushin. So, Halav Ushin Chayav. Okay. Now, well, there is a dispensation, a specific dispensation that you're allowed to dig in the Rishos Rabbim for foundational purposes. Outside of that, 
the default setting is, is that you're going to be chayev. So how money? So bishlam l'rabba. So now, uh, let's let's start off with Rabba's position. So Reisha, now in the Reisha, what happened? That when you dig a, uh, when when you dig in your property, even though the public has access to it, you're going to be potter. That's the Reisha of the Reisha. So now, that's good. Meaning according to Rabba, who is it? That's Rabbi Shmal. So in other words, because Rabbi Shmal is potter in, 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 in a bor brush And Seifa, now in the Seifa where you're chayev. Now I know in the Seifa it said potter, but remember, the Seifa was talking about the special dispensation of foundational digging. Outside of that, you're going to be chayev. So the Seifa, the best way to say it is, according to the Seifa, you're chayev. So you're chayev, and that's now in a Rishosarabim. That's good. So that's, um, that is, that's Lafi Shitas Rabbi Akiva. So the, um, so, um, okay. So the, uh, th- that would be the Shita Rabbi Akiva. So according to Rabbah, we could say over the Brisa. Granted, by the way, in other words, a little Rabbi Shmuel, a little Rabbi Kiva, but it works. But Ella Rabbi Yosef, but according to Rabbi Yosef, Bishlam is Seifa Kol. Now, according to Rabbi Yosef, so the Seifa says you're going to be chayv. In other words, what did you do? You dig in the, you dug in the Rishus Rabbim, and the, the Brisa says you're chayv again. The Brisa said that for Usha you're allowed to, but outside of that you're not allowed to. So in other words, you're chayv. Good. So, but Ella Reisha Mani, but according to the Reisha, who's that going that? Lo Rabbi Shmuel, lo Rabbi Kiva. So. Um, so, in other words, because according to uh, according to Rav Yosef, a bor b'rishosayachid is chayev according to everybody. And meanwhile, whoever's authoring this brisa says that when the bor is in your rishos, your putter. So now this brisa over here is very difficult for Rav Yosef. So I'm lecha Rav Yosef kula divrei No. So what Rav Yosef will tell you is that the entire brisa is divrei hakol. And uh, Reisha Shalohivka Lavrishusa Vilabaro. Ah, and as far as Reisha is concerned, Reisha is talking about where you dug a hole in your property, and there was no access to the public. Uh, it's it's really that simple. In other words, the Reisha of the Brisa was just simply describing a case in which you dug a hole on your property, and the public had no access to it. Ah. So I'm a Rav Ashi Hashadu Kimta the Rav Yosef the Divrakol the Rabbi Nami lo took me tonight. So Rav Ashi said, okay, so so now that we just gave this solution for Rav Yosef, now what I would like to do is I would like to revisit our defense of Rabbah. I just, I would like to amend our defense of Rabbah. So, Reisha, Rabbi Shmal, Sefer, Nami, Rabbi Shmal. Meaning for Rabbah now, we could say that both the Reisha and the Sefer are going like Rabbi Shmal. So, time, the Ushin, Halav Ushin Chayev, could go into Arve Chavuch, the Rosh Rabbim. So, the, um, so, uh, so the, uh, so maybe the, maybe the Bryce is talking about a case where, you expanded the uh, the ditches that you did, dug into the Rishos Arabim. So now part of the bore is in the Rishos Arabim. So the um, so so under those circumstances, even according to Rabbi Shmuel, you'd be chayev. So in other words, the entire brisa could be going like Rabbi Shmuel, aliba the Rabbah. Okay, I, I I admit it's just a lot to keep straight. Here we go again with another challenge. In this Brisa, you're chofer in a Rishos uh, However, the entrance is in the Rishos HaRabim, you're going to be chayev. Now, if it's Rishos but it's proximate to the Rishos HaRabim, you're going to be pater. Okay, so now, analysis. So according to Rabbah, the entire Brisa is going like Rabbi Shmuel. So the... Um, who makes a distinction between 
Bor Birshusa where you're Potter, versus Bor Birshusa Rabbim where you're going to be Chayev. But Ella the Rav Yosef, but according to Rav Yosef, Bishlam Reisha Rabbi Shmuel. So the uh, so according to the Reisha, it's uh, it, it goes like Rabbi Shmuel. So that you're Chayev both in Bor Birshusa and Rishusa Rabbim Ella Seifam. Where you, where you, where did you, where did you dig in your rishus? So money, lo rebbe shmav, lo rebbe kiva. So according to, uh, according to Rav Yosef, you're not going to be chayev. Not for Rabbi Shmuel, not for Rabbi Kiva. So then the price is not going like anyone. So I'm lecha chofer luushim v'divra akol. So he says, no, nah, you know, you, you know what the price is describing? Where you did dig a hole and you did dig in a rishus rabbin, but totally legitimate. How could it be legitimate? Founda- foundational digging. Foundational digging is perfectly allowable according to everybody. Okay. I thought was one where brought that up, no? Again, you have to... For, for, for foundation. Right. For found, No. Foundational digging is, is mutter according to everybody. Universal. It's universal. Okay. Uh, I say that, in other words, in the Brisa, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, but the Gemara is just assuming that that's not, not part of the discussion. Uh, finishing up now. So let's say you are digging uh, and upasach umasal arabim. So potter, chafar upasach, v'lo masal arabim chayev. Okay. Uh, back in the good old days, so remember, how, how did they get their water, the drinking water? So they had to make wells in order to get, to get their drinking water. Now, I say a well, by the way, either they're going to be finding a, a natural spring, alternatively, in other words, they're, they're, they're collection. In other words, they, they, they make pits in order to collect the rainwater. Rainwater is drink is potable, so uh, so let's say now you are going to be a public employee, where basically you're making it for the public. Now, of course, that by definition means that you're going to be digging holes, but okay. In other words, as long as you're doing it for the public, so you are going to be exempt from liability. You're the responsible party. Huh? What's that? Who's that? The public is responsible. Ah, okay, good. Right, right, right. Right, so so you are muscle rabbim, you're going to be potter. Chafar pasuk v'la muscle rabbim chayav. However, if let's say you're digging holes, but you're not servicing the public, in other words, you're digging holes. <laughs> you're a you know, in other words, you're just you're, you're a troublemaker. You're causing trouble. You're making hazards. So now you are going to be chayav. So v'chem and hagushon achunya chafar barushicha no ma'aros. Probably one of the more popular stories here in Baba Kama. Right, this story comes up numerous times. So the uh, so the Gemara tells the story regarding Nechun Yechofer Bar Shechan Amaris. He was a tzaddik. The Gemara is going to say the Shayachofer Uposeach Umosel Rabim. So that's exactly what he would do. In other words, he would basically make these well sources, these water sources, for the public. So uh, when the Chachamim heard about his interest in servicing the public and creating fresh water for the public. So the Chachamim gave him a, a Yeshekoach. Now, the way they gave the Yeshekoach was seemed to be a little bit backhanded. You know, this Nechunya, you know, he followed this particular Halacha. What, what do you mean? He didn't follow other Halacha? So, Halacha uh, Vesulo. So the Gemara immediately jumps on that. And the Gemara says, Ela Ema Af Halacha We misunderstood. Or it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't accurately presented to us, but it means even this particular Halacha. Tana Rabbanan, Gemara tells a story. I have a wonderful feeling that you know the story already. So Bovi deals with Rabbi Chanina Bendosa. So 
the daughter of Nechonia fell into a pit. The pit was filled with water. And uh, they went to report to Rabbi Hanina Mendoza. Now, apparently, in other words, again, we don't know a lot of the details. We know very little details. But in other words, Rabbi Hanina Mendoza was asked to daven, meaning she must have been in a situation where, in other words, the rescuers just couldn't get to her. And so, in other words, what do they need? They need an ace. So they turned to Rabbi Hanina Mendoza and they said, okay, no, we need an ace. You have access. You daven. So, Okay, so, hour number one, he said, everything's good. Hour number two, same. Hour number three, so he reported uh, that she came out of the pit. Okay, uh, and exactly as he, as he saw it, when I say saw it, by the way, in other words, he wasn't there by the pit. He didn't actually see it, but in other words, he saw it, if, you, if you're following. Amrla So, uh, they, uh, the reporters came afterwards and, you know, they wanted to do some, uh, some, some reporting. They asked her, how in the world did you get out? So, so he says, uh, she says, sorry, she's reporting. Here's what, here's what I saw. I saw a ram. You take a look at Rashi over here. Not just any ram. Okay. And 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 uh, the uh, and it was and, and that ram was being led. Look at Rashi again. Who's leading the ram? Avraham. Okay. I I'm I, I, I right in in my chavrusa this morning. Right, just curiosity. How, how did Rashi get there? Meaning, it's it's great. Like in other words, I I suspect. I didn't I didn't do my research, so I, I cannot confirm. But I suspect that there must be other midrashim that that corroborate this uh, th- this Rashi. Anyway. Amrlo Naviata. So Am Amar Lahem. Lo Navianachivala Banav Navianochi Alakach Amarti. Davisho Satik Mistarbo Yikasho Bozaro. So Rabbi Khanim Mendoza says, Look, everything I did I didn't do through Navua. I suspect he was being humble. But anyway, the um but but in other words, but it can't be. In other words, if his lifelong mission was to provide water for the public. So it can't be that his daughter is not going to his, his, his daughter is going to drown in one of those pits. Kadosh Baruch Hu does not operate that way. So the Gemara says, okay. So although that's true, but it's also true that his son died, and, and his son died by uh, by by, um, by starving, Star- starvation, meaning right, right, thirst. So the um, so Shenem Rosh Vivav Nis Aram Od Malamisha Kadosh Baruch Hu Medaktek Im Sivivav. When it comes to tzaddikim, right? I reported earlier Rav Nechunia was a tzaddik. Okay, Gemara obviously is in line with that. He was a tzaddik, and the way that Karsh Baruch Hu deals with tzaddikim, kechut hasaara, right? By the, by the width of a hair. In other words, they're operating with din. They're not operating with chesed, right? The rest of us are operating with chesed. Karsh Baruch Hu bestows chesed upon us. In other words, we don't deserve it. But when it comes to tzaddik, it operates through din, right? I just went through. Uh, through a small piece of Mechta Meliav Rav Eliyahu Dasser. He discusses this point about people living with Ches and people living with Din. People living with Din, very, very short list of people doing so. Okay. Rav Nechunya Omer Mehacha. El Naaratz Besod Kedoshim Rabbah Venora Akol Sivivav. Okay. Rav Nechunya also arrives at the same conclusion. He just cites a different Pasuk to get there. I'm Rav Nechunya Kol Omer Kach Baruch Hu Vatran Hu Yivachu Chayav. Do not say for a moment that Akash Baruch Hu is a Vatran. He lets things slide. Akash Baruch Hu does not let things slide. And anyone who says that, so Akash Baruch Hu will let his life slide. 
Everything a Kaddish Baruch Hu does is operating within Mishpat. The pasuk erech apayim belongs to erech af. Erech apayim. What does that mean? A Kaddish Baruch Hu is slow to anger. So let's tzadikim l'rishayim. So that would be true for both tzadikim. So the um, and, and and for rishayim. So uh, in other words, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is erech apayim on both. Okay, last point before we get to the Mishnah. And what a person should not do is a person should not take stones from his property and just throw them into the street. So, so now, uh, a chassid comes over to this person who was taking stone stone into the Rishus Rabbim, the Chassid gave him Musr. But he gave him Musr in a way that he didn't understand. The, the, the field owner did not understand. You're throwing stones from property that's not yours to a property that's yours. Yeah, he, he, right? In other words, what are you talking about? Yeah. Meaning that I'm taking stones from my property, I'm throwing into the Rishus Rabbim. What are you talking about? He didn't understand. Lig leg alav. Okay. And so he, he mocked the Chassid. So you know, you know, this is not going to end well. So liyamim nitzrachlim korsadeo v'ayam alach boso v'shus arabim v'nichshav boso avanim. The fate of this field owner is that he went into he went into financial straits. He had to sell his property. He is now no longer a landowner. Now walking through the v'shus arabim and stubs his toe on the stone that he himself threw in the street. Amar yafa amar li oso chasid. And now finally he understood. Now I now I know pshat and what the chasid told me. Meaning that when it comes to property, look, we own property, but that doesn't mean we're going to own it forever. In fact, in other words, we're all going to sell, we're all going to sell our properties. We're not going to be with our properties forever. It's temporary, right? Long temporary, but temporary. Meanwhile, the Rishus Rabim, that's more permanent. So over here, now finally he understood what the Chassid told him. Okay, he, he, he got it. He got the message. Yeah, okay, okay. Very good. All right, we uh, we're going to pause over here. Okay, the uh, we are not up to speed, but much better position. Okay, we're getting getting closer. Okay, uh, today uh, Demei Vlados, two big topics for today: Demei Vlados, and and whether or not there's ever going to be an opportunity for the woman herself to be getting Demei Vlados. Rabbi says yes. Rav Chista says no. Uh, Major Machlokus Amaraim, and that took us really to the end of yesterday's daf. And then uh, today's daf bore bore Brishus Rabbim bore Brishus so, um, which one are you going um, to be chayv? Again, just to be clear, where the public does not have access to it, so there's no discussion. In other words, for that for sure, you're going to be uh, you're, you're going to be potter. Nobody has the right to trespass on your property, fall into your pit, and then sue you. That's 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 ridiculous. Again, I'm just speaking halacha. I'm not speaking American law. So that that's that's ridiculous. That's an absurdity. However, uh, when it comes to the Torah's his chayvus on a boar, is that a rishus Is that a rishus so it is, right? <laughs> put, put on the seatbelt. A machlok is between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmal, and a machlok is between Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef. How do I understand the machlok is between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmal? Just for summary, I'll stop, I'll stop there. Okay, and then you have, to, you have to chart and you have to fill in the chart. And then for a good part of today's daf, we litigated which of these two, Mahalchem, seems to fit in better with the Brises. Is it Rabbi or is it Rabbi Yosef? The Gemara discusses. Okay, and then finally, uh, last, uh, last discussion for today is that we had 
a, a pitur of foundational digging, meaning you can dig in the Rishos Rabbim if it's for the purposes of, of creating a better foundation for your house, a strong foundation for your house. So for that, you have a pitur gamor. And another pitur that we learned in today's daf is that if you are servicing the public by making pits in the public, but for the purposes of collecting water, so that the public now can have access to potable water, so you are going to be potter, but you have to be servicing the public. Okay, and then the Gemara launched into perhaps one of the more famous stories here in Baba Kama, and that is Nechunya, who did exactly that. And the Chachamim gave him Yeshekawach, and uh, he was a tzaddik, and unfortunately we also discussed a little bit of Ashkafa in terms of how a Kodesh Baruch Hu operates with tzaddikim. Right.